Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. This week, we're doing stories of the week, the budget, of course, the Virginia race, security moms, mandates. But before we get to all of that, you have a little humor this you want to disclose. Babe, this is pitiful. It's it's funny, but it's not. Right. We have written over the years in my books satirical episodes uh, taking progressivism to the ninth degree but i can't write those stories anymore because they're actually happening happening <laughs> they're, yeah, they're not they're, satirical they're, they're actually the reality real. the babylon b is becoming real every day which is a scary notion we love that publication they really are doing a great job this story we saw last night i read about it this we saw it on fox last night but i read about it today we have to mention it the Art Institute of Chicago Museum lays off fires. I don't know how you can fire a volunteer, but <laughs> they got rid of all of its trained volunteers and guides last month. Why? Were they negligent? Did they not know the history? Were they not showing up? Were they drinking on the job? <laughs> no. <laughs> These were pretty wealthy, I guess exclusively white, from what I can read, ladies. The same ladies who write big checks to the museum, they were laid off. Why, Kendall Ehrlich? Lack of diversity is the answer because they're white. Now, this. I wonder if they have an action. <laughs> they're volunteers, action. babe. I know. I wonder if they have a court action <laughs> regarding discrimination because of the color of their skin. What is the damage uh, involved there? What would be their remedy? Did you get, get their, their volunteer jobs back? <laughs> so the lady, uh, the leader of the lady, so she was surprised and disappointed. <laughs> I bet you she was surprised. Uh, these I are. I mean, this is really this is so ridiculous. But let me take it to the nth degree concerning ridiculousness. These ladies spend a lot of time. There is vigorous training. They need to know their stuff. Right. And they do. And they love it. They love it. And they love it. And the public benefits. And. The public benefits, but more importantly, museums in these cities these days are really hurting. Uh, in Baltimore, Good the point. BSO is in real financial trouble over and over again. And who are the people that are going to support it? These people are supporting the arts. Yeah. And and so it just doesn't make any sense on any level. Let me make you feel really better. Outrageous. Let me make you feel better. The person in charge who did this has now offered these ladies two years worth of free passes so they can come back to the museum. <laughs> oh, boy. I think these ladies are going to unionize and they're going to hear from them. So here's the deal here, and this is why we had to bring it up. This is classic progressivism. This is classic insanity. This is classic. You never thought this would occur in America, but it's occurring on a daily basis. It's elitist. Uh, these folks were, quote-unquote, laid off, fired, whatever term you want to use, from their volunteer jobs because of their skin color. And the great irony here, of course, is they fired the ladies who write the checks, who fund the operation in the first place. This is woke to the crazy degree. It's a national story because we need to publicize stories like this. The average person says, what, what, what is this? Where does this mindset come from? How could this occur? Why? And, 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 
they're all legitimate questions. Why? Because we let it occur. Because that's the culture no. that now we're indulging this sort of crazy woke stuff. Well, we've indulged it for a long time. Right now, people are starting to fight back. But believe me, please, you need to fight back in your community from all of this. You need to publicize things like this that are happening. And, and the bottom line is, you know, how long is the museum going to be open if people like these volunteers aren't contributing to it? There's another bottom line here. I wonder how many of these same ladies voted for Joe Biden. Hmm. and the woke agenda. Okay, so I would just, my from the Ehrlichs, with respect to the dollars that were going to the museum from these ladies, maybe not throw a few dollars toward uh, free speech groups in, on college campuses. How about that? That's, that's one idea. Uh, maybe uh, a new group supporting the arts. <laughs> uh, Regardless of skin color. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. So let's get to the. Uh, Keep your eye out for these kinds of stories. They're important. Keep those ladies in your prayers tonight. Though. <laughs> <laughs> really. So, a couple major stories dominating the headlines in America this week: the budget deal. Is there a deal? We don't know. There's a deal. We do know this: that 3.5 trillion that we've analyzed for the past month or two or three is now 1.75 trillion. $1.75 trillion we don't have, but don't worry, the bill's paid for, of course. And just looking through briefly with respect to the constituent parts of this bill, child care universal pre-K, $400 billion. Home health care, $50 billion. Child tax credit, by the way, that's bipartisan child tax credit. It always is child tax credit. It's very popular on both sides of the aisle. $200 billion. Clean energy, uh, climate investments, whatever that means. What does means. that mean? Yeah. Exactly. $555 billion. Obamacare credits, of course, because Obamacare is unaffordable, $130 billion. Medicare hearing for hearing devices, 35 That may have some appeal. $35 billion may make sense. Affordable housing, $150 billion. And again, what do these all mean? Well, I'll tell you what improving our immigration system means. Oh. You know what that means. That means the fast track with regard to illegal immigrants, $100 billion. So this list is cut down from the original list. It's still list. all bad. It's still a, it's a lot bad. of bad. There's a lot of bad here. A lot of bad. And they still don't have the votes. That was the overnight headline uh, this morning with respect to the Democratic majority. Now, we know that Senator Sinema and uh, Manchin are dictating this entire process. Either they're on board or there's no traditional infrastructure bill. There's no human infrastructure bill. Uh, we know that the president has been now reduced to begging officially with regard to this mm -hmm. bill. He thinks it's part of his it is part of his legacy. This is a Democratic wish list, off the shelf wish list thrown into a quote unquote him, human infrastructure bill, which. Do we have any transportation infrastructure in this? Well, this is the human infrastructure bill. Oh, Remember, okay, the first right. bill was the actual. Okay, and that so that's still had some elements. Yes, they're connected. They're connected. But the progressives are saying you don't get your real infrastructure right, unless we get our human together. infrastructure. Right. That's the deal. Now, the president begging was kind of interesting because it brought back memories for some, including us, of a few weeks ago when he began to beg OPEC and the Saudis for more fossil fuel that we have <laughs> we had we had. had before we shut down natural gas generally it just makes no sense and here again we're begging he's begging the administration's begging for their quote-unquote legacy bill again off-the-shelf progressive items 
uh, potpourri, if you will. So uh, this is another step toward cradle-to-grave government welfare slash socialism. Investments, whenever you hear particularly liberals use the term investment, it means tax increases. It means government yeah, it means spending. It means run and hide. It means your money. Right. It means your money. The president will, of course, should the some version of this survive, which probably most likely it will, the pressure uh. on the Democrats to pass something is enormous, particularly given Virginia next Tuesday. We'll get into Virginia in a second, particularly with regard now to the looming midterms next mm-hmm. November. They need something. He, they think they need something to feed their base. Whether the progressives will ultimately cave enough, we'll see. I suspect they will, but who knows? Who knows? I, I hope the two senators hold firm and uh, do not get Well, this. Manchin's already bending. Manchin's, Manchin's already bending. Regardless of the number, the actual number, regardless of what's actually in the bill, ultimately the president will declare victory. We know that. Uh, They're again, not going to be able to get into our bank accounts, though. They took that out, right? Well, we'll I mean, who seriously. Knows, babe? This is all negotiation. The $600 allegedly, the $600 snooping element here from the IRS is out, supposedly, but we shall see. So here we go. We don't know what's going to happen. The president wants anything at this point. He's reduced to begging something. Give me something to feed my base. Give me something to create my legacy. Give me something. And these two senators really hold the ultimate levers of power in in, uh, this context. It's still so important not to pass this kind of garbage. I mean, it's been going on for so long. Remember Obamacare? No one had read it. Just pass it, and then we'll figure out what's in it. And again, this is a similar type of situation. And again, it's what the average person out there hates about Congress. It's why they have such low poll. What am I going to say? What am I going to say, dear? This This is what what people voted for. That's what they voted for. This was predictable. This was part of the agenda. This is part of the platform. Nobody should be surprised. It's it's, business as usual. I have to commend you on that because it it keeps you much less stressed than me. If I watch the shows in the evening, I get so (laughs) depressed, I've got to walk away. Tucker's getting to to her, folks. And I talk to friends, and they feel the same way. It's so unsettling, the bad news after bad news, the bad decision-making. I mean, uh, very... The average person out there could be met making better decisions than what's happening with our government. Well, we've had shows along those lines. If Trump did, it had to be undone. That was the quote-unquote mandate. That's how the mm-hmm. progressive left read the election result, and that's precisely what this represents. Wow. Issue two, Virginia. We talked last week about this extensively with Governor, Governor Allen. Allen. He's one of our great friends. He was cautious with regard to his prediction. Last night, this morning, I read new polls. Our boy, Duncan, looks like he's moving ahead. Who knows? Elections are always about turnout. That never changes. A blue trending state, a state I believe the president carried by 10 points uh, last uh, time. McAuliffe is running as a progressive, which is really interesting. We know Terry McAuliffe. We know him personally. We've dealt with him in the past. He's a Clinton guy, and... Even he now, just like Joe Biden, is running to the left of his former record, of his former rhetoric, of his former record, quite frankly, as a former governor of Virginia. He's running as a progressive. He's got all the progressives coming in. President Obama, has got the the heavy guns coming in on, uh, on his behalf. And so we shall see. But if this turns out the way we think it's going to turn out, which is a Republican victory, a Youngkin victory, it's going to be because of 
an issue no one really foresaw. Loudoun County, education, boards of education, local control, and parents. So out of nowhere, Loudoun County, woke instruction becomes an issue. A woke school board, a cover-up of a sexual assault. It looks like a cover-up cover of up. a sexual assault. Uh, protests. And the, and the arrest of a parent coming there to speak and to inform the board about the sexual assault of his daughter. I mean, it's so appalling. That was the most egregious element, but the larger issue, not the larger issue, but the wider context here was the reaction of the board to the parents showing up, to hundreds of parents showing up in an angry mood because they care about their kids. They think they thought they had a stake in their kids' education. They thought they could be heard. They thought they had free expression. They thought they had free speech. They thought they were taxpayers, and they could show up at local school boards and not be attacked. And, but for COVID, this could all be going along without people paying nearly the amount of attention that it needed. And because of COVID, people paying attention to what was being taught coming through the computer in their home— they were starting to say, whoa, wait a minute. We don't want that. We're not going to, we, we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to who's running and we need to be atta- pay attention to what's being taught. So now we have the latest chapters unfolding here. We have the infamous now letter uh, that looks like that this infamous letter was a function of the Justice Department in cahoots with the National School Board Association. Uh, framing a letter with regard to these parents and potential uh, <laughs> potential uh, uh, or at least the term used here was uh, domestic terrorists you know the potential for domestic terrorism uh, as a function of parents showing up at local That's school outrageous. board so then we had the reaction and the reaction was wow the reaction was no way this is ridiculous what's the evidence because listen we're for law and order if you have a parent uh, constituting a threat you have a parent constituting a threat to a local school board member you have any sort of illegal activity let the local police department know local police can handle this that's against the law we're for that if somebody gets out of hand we're for that arrest them we get that we get that that's not what we're talking about because once that letter was issued and the reaction was so adverse then the question becomes well what Evidence did you have? Is there a parent group out there plotting (laughs) against the school board? Are 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 people in physical harm? Are people in physical harm? And the answer, of course, now we know is no. So the reaction was, wow. And then the apology, well, we didn't really mean it. You all took this out of context. Nobody took this out of context. It was precisely the context. There was no other context possible here. Well, again, and the average person being targeted as a domestic terrorist. Meanwhile, this border has real terrorists walking across the Rio Grande uh, with increased trafficking, cartels controlling, and people know that. So those are the real terrorists, and they don't even label them that way. They're not being tested for COVID. The list goes on and on. It's crazy. Well, let's go to the next chapter of crazy. Then the apology came. We take it back. But then the appearance came, which was the attorney general in front of the Senate, and he just got torched the other day by the Republican senators. Thank you. Uh, It was not a very effective appearance because this is the next chapter now. 
implicit in the original request with respect to FBI involvement was U.S. attorneys coming up with local units in local U.S. attorneys' offices to investigate all these local parents out there in the country showing up at school boards. So if the National School Board Association takes us back, we didn't really mean it, there's really no evidence of the problem, does that mean these units are going to be disbanded? Have they been put together in the first place? We don't know. We deserve to know. We have a right to know. The Attorney General must address this. It was a very poor appearance the other day. He got torched by the Republican senators. Good for them. So here we go. The real news, in my view, babe, about Virginia was that Terry McAuliffe was honest. He was honest when he gave that answer, which probably will lead to his defeat. Hopefully. Which was, no, no, no. Parents really don't have a right here. They really don't have standing with regard to local education and, and what their kids are learning. That's basically what he said. Now, he, again, he claims out of context, blah, 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 but he was honest. That's precisely how progressives think. It's precisely what they've been doing around the country for years now. It's precisely why red and blue parents are upset. It's precisely why this has become such a huge issue in the Virginia race. It's so un-American, but yet it is exactly what they think. Exactly what they think. So pay attention, listeners, when you go in to vote. Pay attention. And people in Virginia, get to the polls, as Governor Allen urged. There's a moral here. Political lesson. Do not get between parents and their children. You will pay a price. No, and we have to use your other phrase. Elections have have consequences. consequences. (laughs) We didn't even uh, practice that. We didn't didn't practice any of it. (laughs) We never practiced any of it. (laughs) Third issue, security mom, security votes. Now, I use the term mom here because we've seen that phrase in the past. So usually when Republicans win in the suburbs with female voters, post 9-11 being the example, it's quote-unquote the security mom. When issues concerning crime and punishment, national defense, war, when those issues become dominant and there's concern, some of these suburban women that have been trending Democrat now mm-hmm. for decades vote Republican because they're security moms. I was reminded of this phenomenon yesterday as I read uh, the paper concerning what's happening in some of the most liberal cities in America now in the context of defund the police where you have mayoral races or you have ballot issues, and it appears that the defund police movement has lost momentum because of African-Americans. Because of African-Americans in these most liberal of cities. Because they need the police. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And we're not going to minimize. Conservatives sometimes do this, and we're not going to do it. We're not going to minimize the history here. As As people who used to be in public office, you with your criminal justice background, me as a politician, we know there's a level of distrust in many minority communities with regard to the police. We know there's a checkered history. We're not minimizing that. But we also know what? You're going to say it. No, I was going to say there's bad apples. We had a terrible task force in in Maryland, and they've all gone to jail, federal prison. Yeah, good point. They were prosecuted. They went to jail. That's what the laws are for, and that's what should happen. But in the meantime, there are people trapped in their neighborhoods, can't come outside, the cartels rule the the streets, and they need the police. Victims of property crimes 
in the, the small business communities. In many of these communities, they're African-American owners. So they're the victims of, of the property crimes. We're not just talking about violent crime here. We're talking about, quote, unquote, minor crimes, property crimes. Property owners are upset. Small business owners are upset. Uh, plain old people are upset. Taking your kid to the local corner store should be a safe mission. So we have outrage here. There's outrage with regard to defund the police. And it appears that defund the police candidates in these uh, in these Seattle and Minneapolis, at least two very liberal cities, uber left cities, are losing on the basis of that issue, which is welcome news. Well, good. And also, let me just reiterate these prosecutors, too. You have to prosecute these little crimes. The little crimes grow into bigger crimes. Many of these prosecutors also are holding back and prosecuting juveniles. Well, you know, we don't want juveniles are different. Well, no, they're not. Not in some of these major cities. They've, uh, they've been doing crime. It's mostly learned behavior at that level, and they've been doing it for quite some time, and they too need to be prosecuted. So these prosecutors shouldn't pick and choose which, which laws they enforce. They take an oath to enforce the law as it is. If you want to change the law, go to the legislature. Right. So final few points here with regard to this defund issue in these liberal cities. The polls show just i'm talking about polls not in the context of campaigns but just the polls generally show african americans in these communities generally support the police no shocker ironically this goes back to our first <laughs> has some relation at least to our first story today it's white uber liberals in these cities who are mm-hmm. driving the defund movement mm-hmm white uber liberals in the safer neighborhoods no doubt mm-hmm. who are driving the fund movement that disproportionately impacts marginal folks in marginal communities and increasingly dangerous communities in african-american communities so they, they probably have private security forces <laughs> <laughs> protecting the their ultimate homes. irony all people want fast response times right everybody wants when you call 9-11 they want a response time they want police there quick if you're calling 9-11 you're probably in trouble. There's an issue. You're in danger. So, again, uh, I'll close with this. Republicans forever have been looking for wedge issues, have been looking for issues that will increase African-American vote forever to limited degrees of success, demonstrably. This might be one of those wedge issues this just may be one of those wedge issues let's hope it is all right babe um here we go last issue and it's sort of dominating the news today because we're in court a lot when we talk about we we're talking about folks that we know who are unvaccinated now we're vaccinated we've done a commercial in the state of maryland we're pro-vax we're not pro-mandate that distinction has been made repeatedly by professional athletes, by folks uh, who are out there now fighting in the courts. So we have this fascinating turn of events concerning COVID mandates and job losses, layoffs all over the country. Uh, some workers have now gone to court. There's a real impact on public safety, on sanitation. We're talking about police, nurses, uh, garbage pickup, uh, sanitation folks. Progressives, progressive executives have adopted a really hard line here 
no exceptions, religious exemption, all this stuff. So now we're operating in court. A lot of the uh, unions have gone to court asking judges for temporary injunctions concerning the layoffs. Rudy Giuliani has a tweet out today. Where's the enthusiasm for compromise? The left's always talking about compromise. How about a compromise? A certification of natural immunity. You've had it. Right. You have natural immunity. Get tested. Or, have your certification. Right. And, or, or weekly testing for the unvaxxed. Where's the middle ground here? Where are all the people out there? We hate mean tweets. We hate Trump. He, he didn't want to compromise. Let's compromise. Let's feel good. Where's the love? Let's talk. Well, Rudy Giuliani has a really good idea concerning New York police, fire, sanitation workers today. And de Blasio is not taking him up on it because these very progressive executives are in no mood to compromise. Interesting. They, they never want minimum mandates for sentencing. <laughs> they don't want those kinds of mandates, but this kind of mandate, apparently they do. I do think that some of the private employers are recognizing that maybe more people than they thought. And I know that many folks are going up with religious exemptions and yes. having hearings within uh, their companies. And the companies are realizing that they can't be in the position to have this many employees not do their job. And that's so that's private. becoming an interesting dilemma for many of that's them. That's private employees you're talking about. Now, yeah. on the other hand, we're talking about public right. issues, public sector employees, people who protect us, people who put out our fires, people you call 911, people who pick up your garbage. All of these folks go to your quality of living. And they go to what you what expect government to do for yeah, you. Correct. And what you pay for, by the way, your money. So what about these progressive executives out there? Let's just get the spirit of compromise going here. Talk to these folks. Don't let this play out in court. We have no idea how it's going to play out in court. I suspect temporary injunctions. We saw one this morning. Uh, D.C. Circuit, temporary injunction granted. Uh concerning uh, civilian employees uh, of the government. So we shall see here. But the bottom line is, I think Rudy Giuliani's text is really well taken today. His tweet, I'm, I'm sorry, his tweet, that there needs to be a middle ground here. Immunity means something. It should mean something. And it appears it does not mean anything. Natural immunity I'm talking right. about uh, as a result of people who've had the, uh, the virus. So, again, tough issue that should – a tough political situation concerning an issue that shouldn't be as tough. You know, there needs to be compromise here. People need to go to work. People need to be safe. People need to have their garbage picked up. People need to go see their doctors and their nurses. The government needs to function. America needs to get back to common sense. Common sense? Huh? Bottom line. Bottom line. Here we go. So we want to thank you for listening today. And if you want to feel better about have some faith in common sense, please go to bobrolick.com. You'll just make your day. Yeah, I like that. We made our day today talking about <laughs> Godspeed, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.